Besides our two seminarians back here, we have another priest who stays with us on Wednesday nights. Some of you know him, Father Marty Miller. He drives in from Pittsburgh every Wednesday and spends the night because he has ministry here in the Diocese of Cleveland on Wednesdays and Thursdays. But he wasn't the first priest that was coming here. There was another priest that came before him when I first got here. And that priest's name was Father Trulio. Father Trulio was a transplant to the United States from his home in Barcelona, Spain. And every Wednesday night, he would come down here. He had a very thick Barcelonan accent. Very hard to do, you know, where they have a Barcelona accent. You know, that was probably mildly offensive, but that's the way he spoke. And it was kind of fun introducing him to things American. One time we took him up into the bell tower, and if you go up into our bell tower and look at Akron, all you see is trees with an occasional spire or office building sticking up. And he goes, why do you Americans build your cities in the woods? I said, well, these are not the woods, but I've been to Barcelona, so I know why you think these are the woods. There's no trees in Barcelona worth speaking of. Another thing that amazed him was when we would go on walks with Sebastian and see people who had stuff in their yards with price tags on them. And he's going, what is this? And I said, well, it's a yard sale. You know, you take the stuff in your house and, that you don't want anymore and you put it out in the yard and you sell it to your neighbors. And he just couldn't wrap his mind around this. So people take their things and put them on their yard and other people can come up and buy them. And I go, yeah. I goes, I don't understand. And on every Thursday morning then, he'd go, can we walk the dog and look for yard sales? And I go, yeah, sure. <laughs> yard sales are a great thing. Sebastian and I hit a couple of them across the park yesterday. You have stuff that's sitting around that's just getting in your way or collects dust, or worse yet, sometimes mice. And it takes up space, and if you get rid of it, then you have some mad money. Sometimes I think we should do that with some of the extraneous things we have in the rectory. A couple assignments ago, someone gave me a huge church reed organ. It was a bit bigger than this altar here, so it was quite large, antique and heavy. And they let me keep it in the garage at the parish to work on and tinkle on, or tinker on, but then because I was a parochial vicar, I had to move and the next pastor wasn't that excited about having that huge organ in the rectory. So I rented one of those garages, storage places, and put it in there. And one day, it suddenly struck me. I was like, oh, no. I'm one of those people who has so much stuff, I have to rent a garage in order to keep it. So I sold it to an organ museum in Pennsylvania. And I thought, someday I'll go visit it. And I never have. But I'll tell you, in the long run, I was so much happier that this thing wasn't attached to me anymore. It wasn't always in the back of my mind I need to go out there and take a look at it, make payments for the garage, making sure that it was okay, wondering what I was going to do with it, if anything. And it's a much better place now, being enjoyed by many more people. And all this was a great unburdening. Gave a little bit more freedom, flexibility, and less stress. And don't get me wrong, I like stuff. I think stuff is fun. But not when it changes from having stuff to stuff having you. 
Now, I know today's gospel was about the end of time, and heaven is like a great fishing net that collects all kinds of stuff, and the fishermen haul it ashore, and they sort out what they want to keep and take home from those things which are thrown away. And of course, this is an image of those being welcomed into their heavenly home and other things being shown the door where the AC is perpetually broken. But on a practical level, why can't you do this yourself? Like God allowing those who don't want to be in his presence to go elsewhere for eternity? Or like those persons who have a lot of useless stuff encumbering their lives and selling it to get rid of it? Why not do a self-inventory and decide what is really just wasting your time and feeding your worst desires and making you difficult to be loved and harmful to you being the best version of yourself that you can be? Go through the attic of your mind, the basement of your desires and the closets of your addictions and throw it out. Get rid of it. Set yourself free. Be lighter. Find a little bit more joy. And I know it's really easy to stand here and just say, oh, just get rid of it. It's another thing to actually do it. But it is possible. Maybe you don't attack everything at once. Maybe you work on just getting a little bit better. And maybe you need help. There's no shame in that. We all need help from time to time. And here's what your faith is here to do for you. In faith, we learn to di and discover what is good for us and what is bad for us. Sin is anything that brings harm into the world, spiritually, mentally, or physically, to us, to others, or to our relationship with God, or even to the earth. Virtue is anything that brings benefit and good to the world. As Catholics, we are encouraged to do a nightly examination of conscience. In other words, what were my victories today and what were my stumblings? And the purpose is not to beat yourself up. Beating yourself up is counterproductive. You know, if you're trying to golf and you're working on your golf swing or if you're trying to learn a very complicated piece on the organ and you keep beating yourself up, you just get worse and worse. As you know, a coach tells you, walk away and shake it off and then come off. Have you, you've been with people trying to golf who are frustrated with their swings, right? And they're throwing their clubs and cursing. But the other, the flip side of that is, if you're not honest about what you're doing incorrectly, you're not going to improve. The purpose is to be aware, be aware. Then we are given the gift of the sacrament of confession that gives us an outlet, a place to take ownership and say out loud, this is what I've done. That alone is a great benefit. But on top of that, then we also receive forgiveness and the grace to start again. We have the community of believers to support us, to help us, and to guide us. And likewise, you are all here. Your presence aids someone else today. Your just being here aids someone else today. So we have the Mass to remind us of our goals, to strengthen us in our resolves, and to remind us if we fall seven times, then you get up eight. And we receive the Eucharist to give us the strength and the grace to carry on, to be better. You know, it's said that the best time to plant a tree is 10 years ago. The same thing can be said about weeding out our faults. The best time to start was yesterday. 
because the longer they've been around, the longer it takes the time to root them out. If you've been gossiping for 45 years, you might not be able to stop cold turkey tomorrow. But by this time next year, you could be much further down the good path, or at least not worse, or at least forgiven. You might think you have too much to get rid of, or, or it's too big. I think of my sister-in-law's father's house. He died not too long ago, and his house and garage was just packed with stuff. And eight of us spent three full days clearing everything out, trying to uh, clear the house and the garage out. And at the end of those three days that were allotted for this project, it looked like we hadn't done a thing. The house still looked full. We knew it was much better, but it still looked full. And also there's a saying in the theater, you're only as good as your last performance. Nobody knows how far you've come. Just like cleaning out that house, no one knows how far it's come. Nobody knows how good you have been in the past. What everyone sees is how far you have to go yet. But it's not like that with God. Did you clear through the tremendous junk in your life like the junk in my sister-in-law's or my, father's, my sister's father-in-law's house? Do you not think the God of mercy knows and sees this, knows what you desired, how hard you've tried, and how much better you are? Unlike family and friends, he does, doesn't see how much further you have to go, but where, how far you've come and how ardently you want to keep going. Okay, what's the purpose of all this? Is it to make God happier? No. God is already perfect happiness and life and joy and peace and freedom. God wants you to have these things, to have more happiness and love and life and joy and peace and freedom. That's for you. And he gives you the path, the healing, and the strength and he gives you the hope if you open yourself up to him, give yourself to him, yard sale all that junk that's inside of you, which in the long run isn't doing you any good anyway. He wants you, desires you, and begs you to be that good catch that comes in the Father's fishing net. And there's no better time to start getting there than right now.